1: What if the kindergartner says my parents aren't going to like that overprotective parents? How, how are you trained to deal with that? Comprehensive sex education is suicide prevention. And she said, we can't tell their parents.
0: Well, here we are. Uh, the The summer is uh, full force and uh, we are June 12th. And as I mentioned uh, last week, uh, our teams from uh, Mexico and Rwanda will be back and uh, still a lot of, uh, of VBS and missions and and summer on purpose. Uh, we have several stitching opportunities for you, if families. Just make sure you check your emails. We have uh, we're taking high schoolers out to the lake and um, fishing, and and uh, just just trying to, to to do something that matters in the summer. And and uh, hope you are having a great summer. And uh, I know I will be, as we talked last week. We are in the future, and and I don't really know that. I'm assuming things are going to be great. But we are back again, as we will be the next several weeks uh, through uh, through July. With Dr. Glenn Schultz um, from uh, Kingdom Education Ministries in Charleston, South Carolina. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's good to have you back. And uh, last week, we kind of talked about uh, the idea of of, of defining kingdom education versus Christian education and the importance of that. And uh, I think you did a good job. Could you kind of rehash that just real quick for our listeners um, that might have missed last week?
1: Sure thing. Simply put, kingdom education is the educational process where God reigns as king because parents and church leaders and Christian educators are following biblical principles on how he wants us to educate children. Uh, we, We sometimes fail to understand that God would not tell parents to raise their children in the way of the Lord and not give them instructions on how to do that. Hmm. There are biblical principles throughout scripture that tell us how to educate kids. And when we obey those, then kingdom education is taking place. When we're not obeying them, uh, it's just education, but it's not kingdom education. And, And so what we'll find as we go through the book, that if we obey those principles, we may not have the options of where to send our kids to school that we think we have because we wouldn't be obeying God's principles.
0: Right. And you talked about even Christian education couldn't be king. It might not be kingdom education.
1: Yes. Cause Christian has lost its meaning. Mm. It's become subjective. Uh, people say, well, yes, I'm Christian because I go to church once in a while, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. where Christian is, should mean Christ-like, but it doesn't anymore. So I don't use Christian as an adjective anymore. I'll talk about, do you think biblically, not Christianly? A biblical Mm -hmm. worldview versus a Christian worldview. A biblical philosophy of education versus a Christian philosophy, because that brings it down to an objective standard, God's word, and, and takes it out of the subjective way of how individual Christians may interpret something.
0: Absolutely. And I, I I've said when I was in the classroom a lot of times, I would say, if the only thing different from Northwest Christian and Deer Valley High School is the dress code, we we got some some real issues and right. uh, and, and that's that, that's not what we're all about is, is that modification of behavior, but we want to make sure that we do teach um, students to think critically and more importantly, to think uh, biblically. As we get into chapters uh, three and four, we're still in, in section one of the book, but um we talk about this week about what 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 results could look like. Um and that's that's this is a little bit of encouragement because I, I know again I hear it from you too, Dr. Schultz. We like to be optimists and we are encouraged for the future. But if we just stopped and looked around at at some of the direness and forget about God for a minute, which we can't because that's our biblical worldview, um, it, it could get pretty depressing. But you you talked about um in, in the results, Patrick Morley. He stressed the importance of worldview that every person operates from a base or live view. This may be Christian, humanistic, or, susten- or synchronistic. Some Christians not anchored watch out as the cross currents of trendy thinking guide their most important choices. And uh, and, and that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that importance of worldview how, I mean, it, again, some of these questions are so, when I say them, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, duh. But some people, how, how important is like, what, what's, what's the worldview um, uh, importance that we get that passed on to kids?
1: Well, what we've got to understand is there's only one guaranteed result of any education. And that's that the children will have the same belief system or worldview of that of their teachers. That's what Luke 640 says. When a child is fully trained, he's going to be like his teachers. In fact, Mm. I I ask parents this question. How many of you believe that wherever you send your child to school, that they can guarantee that every child going to that school ends up with the same academic achievement? Well, you can't even (laughs) guarantee that for three children in the same family. Because they're all different. You cannot guarantee any type of physical or athletic achievement for all students or fine yeah. arts. The only thing you can guarantee is they're going to walk out with a belief system and that belief system will be patterned after the belief systems of their teachers. Yeah, And, and when you consider that the majority of teachers have a secular worldview, that's what their students are going to walk out of into life with. Well,
0: that's what we talked a couple of weeks ago about that school district in town, and, and uh, I, I know as a Bible teacher for so many years, we didn't have a state standard test um, like we do in math and science and English, but you did talk about uh, three outcomes that were super, super important. That's what we want, and they, they were to know Jesus as Savior, uh, to be continually transformed in the image of Christ, and to be fully equipped to serve Christ in everyday life. Um, those are the three outcomes that, that mattered the most to you.
1: Yes. When you when you read the book, the, the formal definition of kingdom education is the lifelong Bible-based, Christ-centered process of leading a child to Christ, building them up in Christ, and equipping them to serve Christ. Now, since the book came out, I've added causing the child to know him and glorify God. But... When you think about it, and again, I would ask a parent this, what happens if your child graduates with high honors, uh, goes on to college, becomes a Rhodes Scholar, becomes the CEO of a major Fortune 500 company, and dies without knowing Christ? Yeah. What good would that education be? It would be worthless. And, and so if, if through the educational process, the gospel isn't presented and our children don't come to know God, we we have failed. So that's got to be our primary goal: is that our children know Christ as personal Lord and Savior, and then are discipled. They grow up in Him yeah. so that they're equipped not just to have a job, but to actually serve Christ according to the call that God has on their life. What we've got to understand: every child is born. And God has a purpose for that child. Uh, uh, I think it's Kevin Swanson in his book, Upgrade, says the first 18 years of life should be helping the child know what God's calling is on their life and then equipping them to fulfill that call. And when we're involved in kingdom education, that becomes priority. We want them to know Christ. We want to know what God's will for them is, and then we equip them to do that will.
0: Well, that's uh, that's one thing. And, and again, this isn't a Northwest Christian School commercial, but um, we are thankful that you sent. If you're a listener, a, a parent, that you would send your kids here and your students here, and and trust us with the best eight hours of their day. But um, we we kind of uh, we have a program here called Pursuing His Purpose. And that starts not just in ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. That starts with our preschoolers because they have a purpose here on this planet as well. And, and when they start learning those identities, who they are and why they're here, it it really uh, changes what they're going to be like later.
1: You know, I I've asked uh, groups at different times, I'll say, what does preschool prepare a child for? And they all, all say, well, for kindergarten. And then I'll say, well, what does kindergarten prepare them for? Mm. Well, first grade. Well, what about elementary? Well, that's for middle school. What about middle school? Well, that prepares them for high school, and high school prepares them for college. And what they're saying is, schooling is just preparing them for more schooling. Yeah. And we've got to get back to, no, schooling, along with the rest of their education, should be preparing them to fulfill God's purpose for their life.
0: Absolutely. And that's uh, that's super important to us here. And and it's been a life beat of yours. I, uh, a, a thing that you wrote in, in chapter, uh, three, uh, said, every Christian must understand these three statements that a person's concept of reality and, uh, and truly determines his beliefs. A person's beliefs determine his values. His values determine his actions. So, um, when we understand what we understand, what we learn, uh, that's that might not be kind of the worldview, but that's going to, down the road, produce some some pretty uh, either good or devastating uh, actions.
1: Unfortunately, in the past, too many Christian schools just focused on teaching actions and behavior, yeah. which was the visible. We had dress codes, we had hair codes, we had all these things, and they became major focus of Christian schools. But, you know, secular education doesn't do that. Secular education doesn't care what you look like and what your actions are. They want to make sure they shape your beliefs because they know that those beliefs will eventually impact their actions. Yeah. And so what we've got to do is we've got to say, yes, the outward is important, but the inward beliefs are what's going to drive that child so our education should be focusing on shaping their worldview, their belief system, because that will, in turn, shape their values and drive their actions.
0: Absolutely. And then in chapter four, uh, man, I, I just when, when it says the influence of a teacher. So, uh, again, in real time, we just celebrated uh, teacher appreciation week and I. I know you would say the same about your school, but we got some pretty incredible teachers here at Northwest Christian School, and I, I'm just not not only honored to work alongside them, but uh, to have my children being influenced by them. And Chapter Four is about the influence of a teacher. Um, do you do you have a teacher? Do you remember? I mean, it, it was it was a minute ago, but do you have some teachers you remember that kind of influenced your life and your trajectory, Doctor? Oh, my
1: my first four years of schooling. Uh, first through fourth grade where it was done in a one room schoolhouse with eight grades. Wow. Mrs. Kramer, she lived next door and she came and stoked the, (laughs) the potbelly stove in the winter in New York, Uh, you know, and it was like little house on the prairie that was. And, and I, I still remember her. Yeah. Uh, I remember how she taught us and, and, and it was probably the best education of my life. And here's the thing. When people read the book, those three influences are three concentric circles. Yeah. And in the center is the content, what, what we tell them. Right. And, and every parent, every teacher, we want them to know the truth. But in circulating uh, that uh, content is our communication, how we say things. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, is our conduct, how we live. And what happens, and this is what I found with every student, if you look at them standing out here and they're they're looking through our conduct, through our communication to get to our content, and I have found that if our conduct and our communication, how we say it and how we live doesn't match the content, 95% 95% of the kids will reject the content and model our conduct and communication. Yeah. And so as a Christian parent, when I send my kids to a Christian school, I had to make sure that my life was matching what they were being taught at a Christian school, because if not, they would reject what why I sent them there and they would model my poor behavior. So we've got to understand our conduct and communication have a greater impact than our content. But then when our content is truth and everything lines up, we're going to impact these kids forever.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but I, I see that we talked about that three legged um, stool. And if I'm saying go to church, it's very important. And mom and dad aren't going to church. I'm, I'm kind of wasting my time. Not really. I don't know. I, I want to, I, I'm not wasting my time, but that, that lesson is not going to be really given unless it is, um, uh, uh, enforced in the home. So I really encourage moms and dads. The book is called kingdom education, but as you've heard several times, um, education is not just by, but for teachers. Um, but at the influence of the teachers, again, we talked a little bit about those, those circles of conduct communication and content and, and uh, then you talked about these thrusts of teaching, um, truth, what to believe, proof, why to believe it, application, what to do as a result of belief, and then implementation, how to live it out. Um, how have those kind of played out in in your uh, in your ministry and as your educational career, and how do you see that playing out uh, in the future?
1: Well, what happens? You, you've got to start with the concrete. <laughs> Uh, kids have to know what's true. They've got to have a knowledge base. Yeah. Uh, and, and in those early grades, you, that's all you're doing. You're just laying the foundation with that. But then afterwards, you've got to get them to understand that, you know, why why is this true? Mm. Do, do, do you really, can you prove it? And, and then after proving it, okay, now put it into practice and see how you live it out because what happens if they just get head knowledge and we never allow them to struggle with, how do you put this into practice? And what does this mean? Then when they get out into life, they they still don't know how to live it. And and so we we can't just have them memorize scripture. I I mean, yes, you hide God's word in your heart. So you're not going to sin against him, but when you hide it in your heart, then how do you flesh it out right uh, how does this apply to everything else and that's where you integrate that biblical worldview into every subject to see that there's purpose and meaning that here, here's the thing i would want every person to understand out there there is no such thing as spiritually neutral knowledge mm. it, it, it's Big. impossible academics are not neutral they are they they are uh, filled with values and beliefs and and so you cannot get a neutral education don't think you go to a public school or you go to just a private school that well they're just going to get neutral academics no they're going to get the world view behind that knowledge that that teacher holds and that's what's going to shape their hearts and minds so we've got to Teach kids truth. But then as they grow and mature, got to give them opportunities. When you talk about mission trips and and things like that, those are ways that you prove it, apply it and implement it. Uh, By the time a child gets to high school, if they're a Christian, their faith should be their faith, not their parents, not their churches, not even their schools. It should be their faith. What they know is true because they've lived it out,
0: Doctor Schultz, you're you're, you're kind of going after my heart here. That's things I've been trying to pass on to to students and moms and dads for for my tenure here, last 17 years at NCS, and um, to watch. And I I've kind of a, a route that I've chosen to 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 cement that is service. Um, when I see kids serving others, you combine that. The big church in Chicago did a study several years ago. There are four things that kind of move the spiritual needle. In a student's life, reading your Bible, prayer, mentorship, and service of others, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I think when you when you get a kid going to serve, not because uh, they get a gold star, but because uh, Ephesians chapter two says you were created for good works, was God prepared in advance for you. You're starting to get that biblical worldview.
1: And and again, we've got to do that with even the academic subjects. For example, history. Yes. Yeah, you know. They learn dates and they learn everything. I, I found myself back in the classroom uh, two springs ago doing some history in sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And I went in the first day and I said, listen, kids, behind every event in history, there there is a, a battle between Satan and God taking place. And I said, so history is a record of God's works and his judgments Mm. which reflect his standards and and after two months their final exam in sixth seventh eighth and ninth grade they had to go and pick a event in history that they really liked they had to study it and write a paper on how is where do they see the battle between good and evil taking Mm. place how do they see god working and how does it reflect his standards Mm. and they they realized, well, history, we're not just learning about dead people and facts.
0: Yeah, amen. Uh,
1: this, this is where God is at work, and he still is. So it, it was uh, very rewarding. And then they presented their papers in, in, to their class, and the sixth graders were more excited about it than the ninth graders. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, that, that's the application and making it, real in every aspect of life and we got to do it in all subjects
0: well that is as an educator when you see those these truths come alive in a young person that's that that keeps us coming back yes and, and when they if they just regurgitate some things that you said to them that that that's okay but when they get to see it and they research it that's a beautiful thing dr schultz um again i'm going to extend an invitation i know hopefully you'll be back next week with us um, Kingdom Amen. Culture Conversations and uh, look forward to uh, another week of uh, of looking through um, Kingdom Education uh, with Dr. Glenn Schultz. Uh, God bless you all. Have a good day. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit Bible Classes for Public Schools.com.